Hey, all you investors out there, this is Dustin Heiner with the Master Passive Income Podcast. In today's session, we're going to be talking all about building your team, your real estate rental property business team that will do the work for you so you do not have to work. Today, I am recording this podcast in Paris, France. Can you believe that? I'm in Paris, France still on my six-week vacation with my family, and we are in Paris. Tomorrow morning, we're going to go see the Eiffel Tower. We're going to be traveling all around, see Notre Dame and so many other place, great places. But I can do this, travel for six weeks, because I have a business that runs itself. And today, we're going to be looking at how you can do the exact same thing. Create a business, of a team of people around you that runs your business so you don't have to, so you can live the dream life and do whatever you want. All right, everybody, let's dive into the session number eight. Let's dive into it and get started. All right, let's go. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, the wise guy that doesn't follow the rules. Any rules. Seriously, he doesn't. Dustin Heiner. You know what? That's actually not too far from the truth. I personally really do not like following rules. Now, laws, I'll follow the laws totally fine. I'm not worried about laws. But when it comes to rules, like other people's rules that they impose on me, like, hey, this is this area is closed off. Don't go in there or, you know, things like that. Those are things that for in me, I have to do something about it. I'll give you an example. So when I was like two or three years old, I was at my aunt's house. And she just finished painting one of her rooms and it looked all beautiful. And, you know, me being three years old, I didn't really think too much of it. But she looked at me and say, and my when I was younger, my nickname was Dusty. All right, Dusty, now you do not touch the wall because I just painted the walls. If you touch it, you're going to take off some of the paint. It's going to look bad. And I looked at her dead in the eyes and I reached my hand out and put full palm on the wall, flat on the wall and scraped it off the wall. And needless to say, I got spanked pretty hard. That wasn't the best uh, experience, but it did teach me a lesson that, you know, if I break the rules, I'd probably get punished. But at the same time, it's something in me. If I see a rule or something that's almost imposed on me, I just have to do it. Like, you know, um, in Sedona, in Arizona, where I currently live, drove up north from Phoenix to Sedona, there is a place called Slide Rock, and it's pretty awesome. It's actually, um, nature has made its own rock slide. It's really, really super awesome. The river runs through, and you basically just sit down and slide through it. Super awesome and super fun. But there is a, like a 50-foot cliff jump into the water that's in a different ex- uh, section, just a little bit further further down the river. And, you know, my wife is telling me, no, don't do it. Don't jump. It's You're going to get yourself killed. You're going to get hurt, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, wow, she's saying that I can't do it or not like egging me on like, oh, no, you can't do it, but I don't want you to. And that made it in me like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to do it. So I ran and jumped off of the cliff. It was super fantastic. I absolutely loved it. I've done it twice now. 
every time I go, it's something that I have to do. You know, my wife doesn't get very happy. She kind of closes her eyes when I actually do it. My kids are screaming. They're super excited about it. They actually love watching me jump off the cliff. But anyways, I absolutely love breaking rules. It's something in me. If I see a rule, I like, I start getting antsy and I'm like, oh, I got to break that rule. Now, I guess that kind of translates into real estate. You know, I was always taught you need to go to college. Well, first go to school, let alone after going to school, you got to go to college, get in massive amounts of debt, learn something that you may or may not use in your um, job, your profession that you're going to be <clears throat> be working in. And then from there, get a good job after college, buy a house, get into more debt, um, and then live for another 40, 50 years until you can retire. Now, I'm not saying that everybody follows these rules. I'm just saying it seems like it's the culture. The culture is telling us that we need to go to school, to the government school where they teach us whatever they want to teach us. And then we go to college and learn whatever they want to teach us. I mean, I had to take women's studies, not saying anything bad about women's studies. I just didn't care. And just because I didn't care, I didn't want to learn it, but they made me. So... All that to say, I had to learn whatever they wanted me to learn. And then I had to get a job. I had to get a job where I work for somebody paying me an hourly wage for one hour of work. I got paid, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks, whatever it might be. So what actually turned out to be a, a somewhat rule, a cultural rule, I actually started thinking, man, there has to be a better way. I don't want to work until I'm 65, 68, 70 years old. And then when I'm too old to enjoy not working, I'm actually going to stop working. So I thought, let me look at other ways to actually have my life quit working way be and well before retirement age and have my business run itself. Now, that's what we're talking about today is having your rental property business be an automatic business, how to automate your business and how to have it run itself. Now, like I said, I am in France right now and currently on a six-week vacation with my family through Europe. And the reason why I could do that and not have to worry about vacation time or not getting a paycheck because I'm not working, the reason why is because I broke that rule or that self-imposed somewhat rule from the culture that we need to get a job and work an hourly wage for somebody else. I decided I don't want to follow that rule. So I bucked that trend, started investing in real estate, and I also learned that there is a way to actually make the business run itself. My job is to make sure my check comes in every single month from my property managers because all I need to do is receive the money because they do all the work. My realtors do all the work, the contractors, mortgage brokers, everybody else does work for me so that I don't have to work. And that's why I'm able to be here on a six-week trip with my family through Europe. Now, what we're going to be talking about today is automating your rental property business. Now, a lot of people think that investing in real estate and having rental properties can be really risky. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that it's absolutely not risky if you do it right. Now, there are ways that you can make it much more sure where you're actually making money every single month, where you're not going to lose money. If the economy goes downhill, then you will still be fine where you're still making money every single month. And I'm going to show you how to actually do that. And the biggest way is through rent, bringing in money every single month. The income from your properties goes into your pocket because you don't have to work at all. Your property does the work. So a lot of people I talk to, 
that are looking to invest in real estate, they have these questions about that 2 a.m. phone call. And for some reason, it's always 2 a.m. It's not 3 a.m. or 1 a.m. It's a 2 a.m. phone call that the plumbing is leaking. There's a huge leak that's running down the the um, bathroom into the rest of the house. The carpet's getting all soaked and there's you know all this stuff going on that's really bad. Well, of course, you absolutely could get those calls if you're managing the properties yourself. I personally, and my business model is to not manage the properties myself. I don't want those phone calls at 2 a.m., 1 a.m., 3 a.m., or even 1 p.m., 2 p.m., or 3 p.m. I don't want to handle any of those calls. I want to pay somebody else to do that. Also, finding properties. Finding a good deal on a property, I could be out there beating the pavement, calling people, looking for sellers, doing all these sort of things, actually walking through houses. I could do that, but I don't want to. I'd rather spend my time with my family doing whatever it is I want, traveling through Europe or going to my kid's little league game or just going on a date with my wife and not have to worry about anything with the business. Now, that's the beauty of making an automated real estate rental property business. Now, in your real estate business, as in every single business as well, it's a team sport. It's something that brings people together and you work together to make each other money. Some people do, for me, some people do my property management. Some people find me properties. Some people inspect the properties or do pest inspections or abate the pests. You know, just a whole bunch of different people that work together to benefit off of each other. And I'll be honest, I am the one that benefits the most because I literally don't do anything. They do all the work, but I pay them. So like all team sports, you're only as good as the team around you. Think of like football. If your team is not good, you're not going to win any games. In real estate investing, if your team is not good, you're not going to find good deals. You're not going to manage them well. You're not going to take care of them to where people actually want to stay in there and not move out. So real estate investing takes a team of people to do it. Now, I think of myself as a coach with multiple players on my team. I'm the one keeping them focused, everybody on the same vision, and they have the goal that I give them because I'm the coach. I'm the one coordinating everything together. I also give them resources, the the responsibility to do everything that they're supposed to do to make sure the business runs. So being a coach, I'm not the one doing the work. My team does the work, and I can go, like I said, and go on vacation for as long as I want. Now, they're the ones who find the property, inspect them, rehab them, get them rented, manage them, and all these sort of things that takes it takes to manage a property. Now, I want to give you a quote. Andrew Carnegie said this. He was a very wealthy, wealthy investor and businessman. Teamwork is the ability to work together toward a common vision, the ability to direct individual accomplishments towards organizational objectives. It's the fuel that allows common people to attain uncommon results. Now, when you work together with other people, when you work together with people that are outside of you, you actually can grow your business much bigger. If you do everything yourself, everything from finding the properties to managing them, rehabbing them, fixing them up, getting them ready to be rented, to inspecting them, to uh, finding a tenant, if you do all these sort of things, that's a lot of time taken up. A lot of time and as well as you have to learn how to do all those things. Well, what if I could tell you that you can actually pay somebody who already knows how to do all that sort of stuff, already has the business model set up, has already had much, much greater experience than you in doing all these things, and they would do it all for you. 
there are many different types of team members you're going to want to have on your team. Now, in your business, you're going to want to have people that can handle every bit of the business for you. So instead of working in your business where you're doing all the work, you know, banging nails inside of a wall or painting or running background checks or finding new properties, instead of working in your business, you can work on your business. Working on your business is allowing other people to do the work while you make the business bigger and stronger and better. Now we're going to look at the must-have team members. If I were to start all over again, this is what I would do. I would build together my team of these must-have team members. Now, the first one is basically like your quarterback. This is the team member that is going to make sure everything functions smoothly. Now, you being the coach are going to manage that quarterback to make sure they do everything that you want and not do the things you don't want. But this team member is going to be the one that's going to manage everybody else. As the quarterback, they're the ones that lead the rest of the team down the field to score. So your property manager is your quarterback. Now, if you decide to manage the business and the properties yourself, you know, you're, you are the property manager where you do all the work yourself. Yeah, of course, you're not going to need a property manager. That's going to be an expense you're not going to need, but you're not going to have the time to do whatever you want. You're going to actually have to do work on the business as opposed to hang out with your family or whatever you want. So what I do first, my very, very first thing, when I look for a new area of the country to invest, and I have many areas of the country that invest, the very first position that I fill is a property manager. Like I said, I invest in many places around the country. And in doing that, I also make sure that the entire market of this area, let's say if it's Boise, Idaho, or Seattle, Washington, or wherever it might be, whatever city, I make sure that that property um, location is actually going to be a good location to invest. Now, if you haven't already heard it, go back and listen to my past episode where I talked about how to find a new area of the country to invest. Go ahead and listen to that. This is after you've already found the right area to invest. Now, after you find the right area to invest, you know that this is the place you want to go. The first person that I would go after is a property manager. So a property manager is somebody that's going to, like I said, literally run your business for you. So what I do is I contact four or five property managers and I interview them and I ask them questions, specific questions that are going to apply to them that only experienced property managers can ask. Obviously, little questions like, well, how much do you charge per month? What is your expenses for evictions? Things like that. Those are questions that are easily going to come up. Ask the property manager, could you please tell me of a time that you had a horrible tenant and how you dealt with that horrible tenant. It could be moving them out. It could be taking care of them in different ways, whatever it might be. Tell me of a time that you had a bad tenant and what you did. Another thing you can ask of the property manager is, tell me of a time that you had a 2 a.m. phone call, again, with the 2 a.m. phone calls if you're concerned about those. Tell me of a time that you had a 2 a.m. phone call. It could be the toilets that are overflowing or there's a main line that burst or there was a break-in or whatever it might be. Tell me of a time that you had a, an issue with a property at 2 a.m. How did you handle it? What came out of it? What was the outcome of that? So you're asking questions that are particular to this property manager so you understand their management style, 
what they're going to do with the properties. Are they looking out for the landlord's best interest, which that's their job. Their job is not to look out for the tenant. Obviously they want to make sure that the tenant is taken care of, that they have a good property, that they're not a slumlord and all that sort of stuff that are bad for the tenant. But their number one customer is you, is you as the landlord. If you as a landlord don't want to keep them as a property manager, They lose the property. So it doesn't matter if they don't have any tenants or they have the best tenant in there. It only matters if they keep you as a landlord. So remember, with property managers, you're the commodity. They are not the commodity. You may think, oh man, I'm stuck with this one property manager, even though I really don't like working with them. No, you're not. There are so many other options out there. All it takes is for you to get on the phone and start calling people and getting other property managers information talking to them, interviewing them, and then just moving it over. I've had really bad property managers and I've had really good property managers. The bad ones, I fire fast. I get rid of them as fast as possible. The good ones, I keep on for as long as possible. Some going on five, seven, 10 years. All right, your next team member that you're gonna wanna have that's a must have is a realtor. Now, realtors can be one of the best ways to find good investments and properties that will bring cash flow in every single month. I want them to know that they are working for me as an investor and I'm looking for investment properties. I'm looking for not the color of the curtains, you know, hey, this carpet's really pretty, Um, you know, hey, this, this location, it's so close to this, this, and this. I don't care about any of that. I just care if I can get it rented, number one, how much I could rent it for and how much my expenses are. That's all I care about. Because, you know, they, they say that location, location, location is everything in real estate. I don't disagree with that. But everybody needs a place to live. So get a cash flow investing realtor on your team. And it could be as simple as asking any brokerage house you call up, you know, say if it's, the, you know, a big name in that city, a realtor, and you call them up and say, hey, can I, I'm an investor. I invest in cash flow with rental properties. I buy and hold the properties. I need to talk to a, a realtor or somebody that's on your staff or on your team there that actually works with investors because I buy properties to buy and hold them and make rent on them. I need to work with somebody that understands that. Could you point me in that direction? Could be as simple as that. All right. A next one that is not as um, immediate as realtors, but um, as necessary as realtors, but is a subgroup that I absolutely adore is um, wholesalers. I absolutely love wholesalers. And here's why wholesalers are like realtors, except they work, in my opinion, sorry, realtors, they work probably harder than, than realtors because they have to find the deals, number one, then they have to find the people that would buy the deals. So they're out finding sellers. They're going knocking on doors. They're sending out letters. They're making phone calls. They're doing all these things to find properties that they can sell or resell to investors like me. Now they'll make a a nominal charge, you know, of maybe $2,000, $5,000, depending on the deal. Now, I've bought many properties through wholesalers. I absolutely love wholesalers. Um, I work with them all the time. There's just It's just another way for me to have the ability to find a good deal, a good property that brings cash flow in every single month. And with that, I use other people because when I'm away on vacation like I am now, they're the ones finding properties for me. I'm not the one finding properties. 
all of a sudden I'll get an email in the in my email saying, hey, here, I have this property. This is how much they're asking for. Um, we can maybe come and bring them down a little bit. And this is how much it will rent for. These are the pr- proposed expenses or the, um, uh, the what we think the expenses are. And this is how much cash flow you could potentially make. Now, I love getting those emails because I could just easily weed them out if they don't fit my business model. But then again, if they fit, I can go ahead and buy it. And I, there's no work on my end finding the property. Now, another must-have team member. Now, this must-have team member will also coincide with your property manager because your property manager may already have one or two of these people working for them, but it's also a good idea to have your own as well. So a contractor is somebody that you should have on your team that can make sure the property is rent ready. The contractors can make the property comparable to the other homes that are on the same street or in the same neighborhood to where you can make the most from the property, most money in rents from the property, but not spend and overspend making the property, you know, fantastic where you have granite countertops. If those aren't necessary, don't put them in. That's just a waste of money because you're it's an added expense that you don't really need. So your contractor is somebody that's going to actually take care of the property well. Now, I've had experience with bad contractors. Now, these contractors will say, oh, yeah, I do a great job. And they come in with a quote that is really, really low that, you know, somebody would say, uh, well, I think we'll fix up the house for $3,500. Another one comes in for $1,800. And this other contractor says, well, I could do it for $1,800. Well, it turns out that more than likely, if it's that big of a difference, you really should check in their their quality of work, what they've done in the past. It may be that they're fantastic and you would save a ton of money. It also could be where it could be like you're shooting yourself in the foot and just throwing money away because they're doing the job so poorly. Now, quick tip, when you're working with contractors, make sure you break it up. You do not pay everything all at once. Absolutely do not give them money up front for the entire job. Let's say it's a $2,000 job. Do not pay them $2,000. At bare minimum, give them half up front, so $1,000 to get started, you know, because they have costs. They have to, you know, pay their guys. They have um, inventory. They got a stock. Maybe it's painting the house. Maybe it's redoing the flooring. Um, You know, they have to get uh, products from the store to fix the house. So I get that. You want to be able to make sure that they're not going out of pocket. But do not pay them the rest of the money until the job's actually done so that you know the property's taken care of as well as you're getting your money's worth. Contractors are a vital part of your team because you can be wasting a ton of money if you don't have a good contractor. And again, your property manager should have a couple of contractors that are in hand ready for you um, to, to, hey, this property needs to get fixed up, get them on there and get them a quote, get you a quote so you can know what you're getting into. Um, along with the contractor, another really good team member that I would encourage you to have is at least one handyman. Now, contractors are great, but they charge contractor prices. Now, handymen, you know, there's just one guy that says, hey, I'll, I'll go fix the toilet for, you know, 50 bucks, as opposed to getting a plumber that's going to charge you $250 for that call to go to the house. You know, they got union dues or whatever it might be. Um, so getting a handyman is a great way to save money, but making sure that the little things that you could normally do yourself, like let's say for instance, the toilet's leaking. Well, just got to get one of those little stoppers, replace that, run to Lowe's, buy the stopper, put it in. It'll take you maybe 30 minutes and $2 or $5 of in worth and parts and you're done. But a plumber would charge you a load of money. 
And if you have a handyman, just say, hey, handyman, go out there and check on this. And while you're out there, look at this X, Y, and Z. Give me a quote for all of it. You know, they could be more than just working on the toilet. So find a handyman or at least one, if not a couple handymen that you can go to as go-to guys rather than call them contractors, plumbers, electricians, roofers, things like that. Next, I want to talk about mortgage brokers. We know that funding for your property is one of the biggest things that, I guess the biggest hurdle that we as investors need to jump over. Now, if you go back and listen to my episode of 002 on how to fund your rental property deals, if you go back and listen to that podcast episode of mine, then you can see how funding is the lifeblood of your business and how to actually get funding for your business. If you wanna go back and listen to that, go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 002, like 002, 002, that'll take you to the podcast episode that you can listen to how to fund your properties. Now, your mortgage brokers are fantastic because they are going to help you find the money to buy your properties. They'll figure out how to, okay, hey, I have you know $20,000, I have this property, but I have $10,000, $20,000 to buy the property. How do I buy the property? You, I want you to find me a, a mortgage and help me to buy this property. It's their job as best as they can to find a bank that's gonna lend to you, um, a credit union or whatever it might be, but it's their job to find you the money and they get paid for that. And they, they usually, most mortgage brokers do this all the time and they do really well at that. So what I would encourage you to do is find at least two, maybe three mortgage brokers that you can approach with deals and say, this is this is the property, you know, um, they're asking $150,000. I have, uh, you know, $10,000 to put down or $20,000, whatever it might be. Just, just give them the deal and say, I need to buy the property. What mortgage programs do you have? Can I use FHA and uh, federal housing and administration loan? Can I get a conventional loan? Do I need private mortgage insurance on the property because I'm not putting enough down. Anyways, all these questions come up that they're going to ask you. Mortgage brokers are going to ask you because it's it's their job to be in the know on how to get you the property. So what I would do is encourage you to call up at least two or three mortgage brokers that, in, that give money or lend money in your state. It doesn't specifically have to be in the city that you're investing in, but it has to be in the state because they have to be licensed to actually give loans in the state. Now, what you want to do is when you're calling your mortgage brokers, don't, and here's a big tip, do not give them your social security number to pull a credit check at all until you're literally ready to actually jump in to a mortgage with the company. Now, when you give them your social security number and you allow them to pull your credit, it dings your credit score. So if you're at, you know, 650 and you get a mortgage um, on a property, or you, the, the mortgage broker pulls a credit report on you, your 650 credit score goes down just a little bit. And so if you go and talk to five different mortgage brokers, you're gonna be dinged five different times if you give them your social security number because what they're gonna say is, well, I can't give you an accurate quote until you give me your social security number, I can pull your credit, and I can, after seeing your credit, give you an, an accurate number on what type of rate you're gonna get, how much you're gonna have to pay in fees, blah, blah, blah. So big tip I'm gonna give you is do not, literally do not give them your social security number until you're ready to go forward with buying the property. And this could even be right before you order the appraisal. Say, okay, I'm ready to move forward. Everything looks good. Let's go ahead and run the credit. Now, what, you're, what they're gonna ask you is, hey, we can't do anything until we actually have your credit. 
I've worked with so many mortgage brokers that have said that. And I, all I do is I tell them, my credit score is 752. The last time I pulled a 752 or 792 or 650 or 600 or whatever it might be. You probably could ha you have a general, hopefully, a general understanding of what your credit is. If you know what your credit is, just tell them. My credit is 652 um, the last time I pulled it. And so I want to make sure that I'm going to go with you before you pull a credit check and find out that it is actually 652. But give me the numbers with everything being the same and as if you pulled the credit of 652. Give me the numbers and how that's what the rate's going to be, what the fees are going to be, all the points and all that sort of stuff. But don't give them your social security number because it's going to hurt your credit. Okay, moving on. Insurance agents. This next thing, next must-have team member that I'm encourage you to get is an insurance agent. As soon as you buy the property, absolutely put insurance on the property. Do not wait. Do not put it off. Well, I'm just going to save on this expense. You're going to pay it eventually, um, and hopefully sooner rather than later. Eventually, I mean, the house could burn down, and you're going to really be paying for it. Now, if you have a mortgage on it, your bank is going to require insurance. So you're going to have to find that. If you're paying cash, then it's obviously it's up to you if you want to insure it. But I'm going to say as soon as you buy a property, get insurance on it. And that's actually putting the money down and you actually own insurance. But before you buy the property, have at least one or two insurance agents that can give you a quote to quote the property on how much it would be to insure it for a year. If you have insurance that doesn't allow you to have tenants inside the property, then you may not be covered if something happens, a tenant does something and the house burns down, you may not be covered. So make sure you specifically say, I'm renting the property out. I need to also make sure that my tenant and everything the tenant does will be covered as well. So I encourage you to talk to at least one or two agents. There's not, not much more to be said other than make sure that you have um, loss for theft and fire liability, absolutely liability insurance. You know, if somebody slips and falls, you want to make sure that's taken care of as well. Also, depending on what area of the country you're in, you may need um, tornado insurance or hurricane insurance or flood insurance. You may need all these sort of things that may need to be covered. Now, a local insurance agent in your area would actually know. They'll say, hey, you're in this, you're living in this area. It's required that you get flood insurance. I'll give you an example. In Houston, where they had that big hurricane go through and it wasn't the hurricane that did the damage or most of the damage. It was actually all the flooding from the rain that did all the damage. So in one area of Houston, it's a requirement that you must have flood insurance. Now, the insurance agent is going to know that and they're going to ask you, hey, you're required to have it. How much insurance do you want? Blah, blah, blah. So get insurance agents on your team. Now, let me give you a few other nice to have team members. So find other investors. Now that can be going to, and here's another tip, is go to real estate investor groups. It's R-E-I-G, real estate investor groups in your area. And there's tons of them. If you go to www.nationalreia.com, if you go there, you, you can find the national real estate meetups in your area. And you'll be able to talk to other investors in the area and work with them and network with them and get wealth of information and wisdom from them. Who knows? You may even get, be able to get a mentor out of that National REIA meeting, R-E-I-A, nationalreia.com. And that's next team member that's nice to have is a mentor. Finding a mentor that can um, help you from beginning to end, not do the work for you, but basically somebody that's going to say, 
um, hey, bring me a deal that you have. I'll take a look at it and I'll let you know if I personally would invest in it. And I'll also give you some pointers on it. This is not somebody that's going to do their work. It's not a coach. This is a mentor. This is somebody that has experience. Now, let me give you an example. If you wanted to learn how to invest in stocks, who would you think of being the number one person that can teach you how to do stocks very well? Warren Buffett comes in my brain as somebody that you absolutely could learn tons and tons. That guy's worth billions of dollars. And if you can learn from him how to invest in stocks, more than likely you're going to be successful. Now, if I were, if I even cared about stocks, which I don't, I, I love real estate, but if I wanted to learn about stocks, I would actually pay Warren Buffett to work for him. I would say, I don't even want to have a paycheck. I don't want to do it for free. I'm going to pay you so that I can work for you so I can learn how to invest like you. In doing that, you're going to learn so much that your money is going to be gone. It's going to be so much better spent working for Warren Buffett than going to a university or a college where all you're learning is abstract and not getting any experience and all that sort of stuff. I personally would say, forget about college. College is a waste of money. Go and work for Warren Buffett. Now, when you have a mentor, same exact thing. If you find somebody that is doing what you want to do, go work for that person. Go work for them doing the job so that you can learn how they do their business so that then you can then replicate that business. So finding a mentor is key. Now, again, mentor is different than a coach. Now, next thing would be finding a coach. A coach is somebody that would actually hold your hand through the entire process. Now, if you played any sports growing up as a kid, the coach actually taught you fundamentals, taught you how to, let's say if it's baseball, taught you how to catch the ball, taught you how to field the ball where it's rolling on the ground towards you. You pick it up and you throw it to first base, taught you how to catch it, taught you how to throw, taught you how to hit, taught you every bit of the game. That's what a coach does. Now I'm going to give a quick plug that I personally do that. That's what I love to do is I love coaching people. I love showing people from beginning to end how to invest in real estate. Now, if you go to rental passive income, I know my blog and podcast is master passive income, but I have a coaching site called rentalpassiveincome.com, rentalpassiveincome.com. If you go there, you can see all the courses that I offer. I personally walk with all my students through the process of finding and buying properties. I love doing that. I love looking at properties, analyzing the numbers and saying, this is what I would do on this case, or this is what I would not do. So if you find a coach, it doesn't have to be me, it could be anybody, but find somebody that's going to help you step-by-step through the process. If I had a coach before I started investing, if I went to somebody and said, could you coach me on this? I would have saved thousands and thousands of dollars in lost money from uh, paying a property manager way too much money or um, having them steal from me, property manager steal from me, or tenants staying in the property for six months when it should only take them one or two months. I've, I've lost thousands and thousands of dollars and I could have saved myself all that money if I would just had a, a coach and it would, they would have helped me through the process. Anyways, let's get back to the list couple other nice to have team members that you could have on your property is a title company. A title company is a nice to have. Now that's per area, obviously. Um, you want to have a title company that you can trust. More than likely, every single title company that you're going to work with is going to have very similar fees, similar costs and things like that. Some are better than others. But if you have a title company that you trust that you can say, hey, I'm going to work with you. What kind of deal can we work at if I bring every property to you that I'm going to buy? 
Now, what the title company is going to do, they're going to go through the record of the entire property to make sure that there's no other ownership out there, like the father's brother's cousin's former roommate. That was kind of a Spaceballs reference if you didn't get that. But somebody else that might have ownership in the property where if you take ownership, well, there could be a dispute on who actually owns it because somebody else is still on title. Um, they could look for liens against the property, judgments and all that sort of stuff. And they'll verify um, that the property is free and clear that you can own it 100% and not have to worry about it. So that's a title company inspectors. Um, I, I lean this a little more towards must-haves, if not nice-to-haves, but must-haves is an inspector. Now, inspectors are a dime a dozen, in my opinion. There are plenty of them, but finding good ones is, is a little hard. I go with other investors and ask them if they have any good inspectors. Now, this could be a home inspector, could be a pest inspector, roof inspector, whatever inspector that you can find um, is going to help you to understand the history of the property as well as any potential pitfalls that could come with the property. Now, an inspector is going to give you a home inspector. Let me say, say that specifically. A home inspector will actually walk through the entire house, check out everything, let you know the, the amperage on all the electrical. Um, they'll tell you what the, what the plumbing's like. They'll tell you the how old the furnace is. They'll basically take three hours, go through the entire property, top to bottom. Now, it's not going to be as detailed on a roof as a roof inspection or pest as pest inspection. They'll say if they see anything. But they're just checking the, the main the structure, foundation, and things on the property. They'll let you know if they see anything wrong. So getting an inspector on your team is going to be a great person that is going to make sure you buy a really good property. Now, this was how to automate your business, and that's by having other people do the work for you. Now, you're going to have to set up the business beforehand, up front. You're going to have to be calling people, getting them on your team. But once you get them on your team, then they can work for you. All you got to do is point the contractor and say, hey, that house, get it fixed. Or point the property manager out to, hey, get me a tenant in that house or whatever it might be. You basically tell them to do work and they do the work for you. All right, so this has been session number eight where we talk about automating your real estate rental property business. Hope you got a lot out of it. And I'm encouraging you to get a property manager. That's just, I'm gonna easily say that. My property managers, I love on property managers. They take care of all my property, so I don't have to. All right, again, this is Dustin Heiner with Master Passive Income. Even though I don't like following rules, I still follow the rule of passive income. Passive income is the best way to make money, and that's through real estate investment properties. All right, we'll see you next time, and I hope you guys do well in your investing. Come check out my website, masterpassiveincome.com. Drop me a note, and I would love to talk to you about your rental property investing. Also, if you would, please help me out. Like, subscribe, and rate this podcast. It helps other people get to know us and the investing that we're doing. All right, you guys, take care of yourselves. Look forward to talking next time.